Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode of the Locked On Braves podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Braves, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network and all of our friends across all of our sponsorship networks. Good news today if you're a Braves fan. You come away from the weekend feeling very, very good. We talked last week about how it kind of started out a little bit slow offensively. Pitching rotation really wasn't quite up to snuff. Well, luckily, the Braves have now won five straight games. Look like they're firing on all cylinders, which if you're wondering what that is in a 162-game season, roughly 11.5 game win streak. Uh, but we saw Mike Soroka and Max Freed over the weekend do their thing, and what you saw out of Freed in his start against Tampa Bay, that's the type of Max Freed that you look at and say that's a top 10 pitcher in baseball. What he was able to do was just brilliant, putting everything where he wanted it. Fastball command was good. Worked that change up a little bit. His slider was absolutely nasty. His curveball was its traditional top five curveball in baseball self. Definitely what the Braves needed to get out of Soroka and Freed. And if you look at the numbers between Soroka and Freed, I believe it's 23 innings apiece. They've gone more than a strikeout per inning, and I believe they've allowed five total earned runs between the two of them across their two starts. Mike Soroka will go again tonight. Um, it's the rest of the rotation that's not holding, holding serve. I believe between uh, starters three through five, it has been, I think, 18 innings pitched. No, 21 innings pitched, 18 earned runs. Uh, a lot of that came from that faulty start and one of the Sean Newcomb starts as well. But good news if you're into that sort of thing and you're just looking at the younger guys, Tukey and Kyle Wright both went uh, over the weekend and both looked much better. Tukey, there was a, a couple instances where the command kind of got away from him, worked around some base runners, but he was able to work around the base runners, didn't allow any earned runs. Same thing with Kyle Wright, who... Wasn't quite as sharp early on as he was in his first start, but he did go a second time through the order, which was more important to me. He did have four walks, also had five strikeouts to go along with it. Both were pulled right at 75 pitches, which is pretty good for what Brian Snickers said. He's, he was pretty open and honest about it before Tukey start that about 75 pitches was going to be the limit. Luckily for the Braves, the bullpen has been lights out, and the number one guy this year who has caught my eye who has been lights out is Tyler Matzik. If you're not aware of who Tyler Matzik is, I'm not going to blame you. Tyler Matzik is a guy that everybody gave up for as a bust. He was a first-round pick of the Rockies in 2014, I believe it was. Um, got the yips really badly, couldn't throw a strike. Braves are pretty familiar with that as we ha- we saw Mark Wollers do it. We saw, uh, if you're you know like me and you saw the, the 90s Yankees, you know Chuck Knobloch always struggled with the yips throwing to first base. Saw it happen with Rick Ankeel, who reinvented himself as an outfielder. Well, Tyler Matzik seems to have gotten over that hurdle, came in this spring and performed really well, got a shot on the ball team that he probably wouldn't have got if you know COVID wasn't going around. And all he's done has been absolutely dominant. Hasn't given up a, a, an earned run in a while. Pumping 95, 96 from the left-hand side. He's got a lot of pitches working, and he just looks very, very good. He's been a very important part of this bullpen going forward. Is he's a multi-inning guy, so he's able to pair with Tukey or with Kyle Wright and give you two or three innings out of the bullpen, so you're not wasting everybody in that bullpen. And it's been a good bullpen. With the exception of Yulis Chassin, who we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, getting torched, that bullpen has been 
lights out for the most part. And we still don't even have Will Smith back. We should see him back in the next couple of days. But once you get Will Smith added back into this bullpen, it really will. It really is looking like the the dominant bullpen that we thought it would be before the season started. Um, good news for the Braves is they're going tonight with a chance at sweeping the Mets. They're going to be facing off against Jacob Degrom who I've said before, and I'll continue to say, is the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. And for my money, he's the number two player in baseball behind Mike Trout. Tough matchup, obviously, but good news if you're a Braves fan. DeGrom pitches exceptionally well against the Braves. He's got an ERA under two against the Braves. Unfortunately for him, and fortunately for the Braves, the Braves are like 8-3 and three against him in his last 11 starts, which is hilarious uh, if you're a Braves fan that DeGrom can pitch so amazing and the Mets just cannot do anything for him. Kind of odes back to... Uh, when Greg Maddox was at his peak and the Braves tended to not score runs, Maddox didn't get the same type of run support that Glavin and Smoltz would get. So you'd see these these lines where Maddox wouldn't have the same type of years win-wise, which is why we know pitcher wins are worse than useless. Um, but his numbers would be outstanding. Unfortunately for DeGrom, he seems to have fallen into that same category. I really do wish he hadn't re-upped with the Mets, not just because I want him here, but because... It's such a trash organization for DeGrom to be in. He's such a good player. He deserves a team that can at least not be a running joke. And you look at what happened with Juana Cespedes yesterday. Uh, didn't report to the team, went AWOL. They announced it during the game as if they didn't know where he was. Then they made another announcement that said, we don't believe that he's in danger. Turns out, according to Cespedes' agent, he's opting out due to COVID-related reasons. I'm not entirely sure I believe that because there are some photos of him at the mall. I think it has. I think that's certainly part of it. I think the main part of it, though, is Cespedes, like Matt Adams and like Adani Echeverria, just don't doesn't want to be a Met anymore. And he was he was uh, not going to play. Uh, hadn't started out super strong, but he's got performance incentives in his contract, and he's already gone to reportedly gone to Brody Van Wagen and, and the Mets front office to make sure and Luis Rojas to talk about making sure that they don't sit him to make sure he doesn't reach his performance incentives. Well, something something didn't sit right with him, and he cleared out his room uh, and just disappeared from the team, just went AWOL. So uh, I think we can say the UNS Cespedes tenure in New York is officially over, and what a prototypical Mets ride it's been. Um, from the ankle cert, from the heel surgeries to breaking his ankle, being attacked by a wild boar on his ranch, the Ioannis Cespedes deal for New York has been nothing short of a disaster. Much like most of the Mets' free agent pickups seem to be, is Jed Lowry, who is the Cal Ripken of DL stints, which I saw on Twitter. Can't remember who I gave it to, who who I stole that from, but it was perfectly accurate. As a Jed Lowry's on the 45, man. Unfortunately for the Mets, that's their problem. For the Braves, you go ahead and you beat up on teams like that that are experiencing this stuff. So the Braves will go tonight. Hopefully they can eke out two runs or at least get to the bullpen. You get to the Mets' bullpen, you're feeling pretty good. For Mike Soroka, it's another chance to put up another really strong outing. Didn't have his A-plus stuff last time out. Was still able to get a win, which is very, very impressive. Um, He was able to beat Charlie Morton head-to-head without having his A game. And we know firsthand how good that Rays team can be. We'll discuss the Rays a little bit in the second half because I do want to talk about them a little bit and, and why they're so impressive to me. But for the most part, the Braves have done what they've needed to do. The offense is really starting to pick up. It's not just Dansby and Marcelo Zuna who are carrying it again, who, by the way, those two are absolutely on fire. Dansby Swanson, top five in the league in RBI, if you care about that sort of thing. More importantly, he's putting great swings basically every time up. He's hitting over 300 if you care, but he's slugging a good percentage. He's getting a lot of doubles, and he's hitting the ball very, very hard. And for the first time in his career, it looks like his BABIP bad luck might be kind of going away as he's starting to really lock in and dial in at the plate. Hopefully he can carry that over for a full 60 games. If he does, you'll see Dansby Swanson getting a contract extension. 
I don't know that it'll be a huge one, but he's one of those guys that I keep talking about is if the Braves are going to be a superstar team and then be a World Series type of team, you need complementary pieces, and that's what you hope to get out of Dansby Swanson. He doesn't have to be the star of the team. He's not looked at as being the star of the team, but he's a guy that can do a lot of things for you. He's been batting second when Ozzy Albee's been getting a little bit of rest as they were a little bit wanting to be a little bit cautious with the wrist he hurt a few games ago, but Ozzy's back in the lineup today, so Dansby drops back down to sixth. And the lineup today looks very, very good. Johan Camargo got his first home run of the season as well. Hopefully that turns him on, because he and Austin Riley have not been good at the plate. Both have been excellent on the field, haven't been able to hit a little bit, uh, which seems to be a problem for a couple guys like Ender and Ciarte, who if he doesn't start hitting soon, could find himself out of a job. But we're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we'll take a look at Marcelo Zuna and just what a good signing he has been. We'll take a look at the hot Braves in a as well as Ronald Acuna and a couple of targets that if the pitching rotation continues to flutter, you could see the Braves make a move fairly quickly before the deadline. We'll take a look at that coming up next right here on Locked on Braves. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beer while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're having lunch, maybe even right when you get up in the morning. I love food. And that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant out there, at least everyone that I can think of, right to my front door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They can make my life easier with grocery delivery, whatever I can think of delivery. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it, Postmates will deliver it. No more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners here on Locked on Braves $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. That is the perfect amount of time. Everybody's stuck in quarantine. You know what? Don't worry about getting all your food. Don't worry about going out and shopping. Just Postmate it. Start your free deliveries. Just download the app. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days just for downloading the Postmates app for iOS or Android. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Hey, everybody. It's Dylan from Locked On Braves here to tell you about my good friends at rockauto.com. Your car is a very big part of your life. It gets you everywhere you need to go from work to pleasure. Basically, everything in your life revolves around your car. Sometimes cars need to get fixed. So my good buddies over at rockauto.com know this, and they make it easy for you. They're a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got everything from engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Like I mentioned, it'll be another matchup of DeGrom versus Soroka tonight in what has been preeminent matchups for Mike Soroka ever since the season started. Second time he'll be taking on Jacob DeGrom. As the Braves look to beat Jacob DeGrom again after his, his traditional awesome starts, but look to see if the Braves can win it again. We talked about Cespedes, but let's go ahead and talk about the Braves' offseason acquisition. Marcelo Zuna, and there are a lot of people in the Atlanta Braves fan community that owe Marcelo Zuna a large apology as Marcel has been every bit as advertised. He has been really, he's been the most impactful Braves hitter. Dansby's probably been the best hitter, uh, but Marcel ha- has been every bit as advertised as far as his hard hit rates, his home runs, his, his doubles. He's absolutely crushing the ball, and that's really what the Braves have needed in the number four spot. Now that Freddie's starting to heat up as well, that's one of the reasons why the Braves have won five straight. We talked about the bullpen in the first and uh, the first segment. We've talked about how Soroka and Freed have both been lights out. But even with the other starters not performing very well up to this point, the lineup has been good enough and the bullpen has been outstanding enough to keep the Braves in games. And the Braves have been able to feast off some bad luck for the Mets and some bad bullpen work by the Mets, but really been able to continue the streak going. And in this season, it doesn't matter how you get the win. As long as you get the win, that's all that matters. We know the Braves play very well from behind. But one of the questions I keep asking myself is why do the Braves continually have to play so well from behind? And that does, unfortunately, kind of point to Brian Snicker maybe not doing some things correctly. The the Yuli Chassin thing, that's that's the, probably the most inexcusable one. Brought Chassin in against the Mets in Game 1 uh, after Sean Newcomb struggled. Brought in Chassin with the bases loaded, promptly walked in a run. Ended up walking in two runs. Um, ended up giving up seven runs in a game that the Braves really... Worked really hard to get back into after Chassin first gave up, I think it was four in his first uh, finishing off the inning for Newcomb. Braves get right back into it. They're down three. Brings Chassin out again. Gives up another four runs or something like, or another three runs, and the Braves go way down. Luckily, the Mets bullpen imploded, and the Braves were able to come all the way back. But that's an inexcusable tactical error from Brian Snicker. At no point, I understand Chassin because he's got about a 42.5% ground ball rate. I understand the thinking. But as soon as you saw that it wasn't working, I do not understand not only finishing the inning off with him, which was stupid. After, I, I can't find another pitcher that, that any coach would let walk two runs in and let, leave him in the game, but to start the next inning with him as well, completely inexcusable. I understand you had Tukey going the next day and you didn't want to really burn your bullpen, but you got 13 guys in the bullpen. you got 30-man rosters right now. you got 60-game seasons. You can't really afford to just give a game away. Luckily, the Braves came back, but it does speak to an area of Snickers' game who, by the way, I'm going to give Snickers some credit Lineup-wise and, and position-wise, defensively, he's been awesome. He's rotating guys in and out of the DH. Freddie's DH'd twice as a way for them to keep him healthy. He's not forcing Ozzy into the lineup, even though his wrist injury doesn't seem that big. He's being very careful with Ozzy. We've seen a lot of Camargo who's getting the start again tonight. We've seen Riley play left field. We've seen him play third base. We've seen, uh, we've seen Matt Adams rotating between DH and first base. Snicker really has handled the lineup and the defensive positioning very, very well, which is very nice to see. It looks like he's really turned a corner. I just, I need him to figure that out with the pitching staff. I don't understand. I don't understand when you've got the guys that you have in the bullpen, you've got Shane Green, whose MO is that he throws two seamers and gets ground balls and, and really had only pitched one pitch the night before. You've got Mark Melanson, another ground ball specialist. You've got Darren O'Day, who against righties should be a ground ball specialist with the way that he throws the ball. You've got pieces in that bullpen that aren't retreads and guys that have been horrible the past three years that have been so bad that bad teams don't want them. I don't understand 
why in a high leverage situation you would roll out literally your mop up guy. I don't get it. That's a that's a bad look on Snicker, and that's one of the reasons. I think that's probably one of the reasons why the Braves are in such predicaments late in games, why they have to be known as the comeback kids or why they're down so often to even be able to, to attempt those comebacks. It's just tactical errors on the, on the part of the pitching staff. Now, obviously, Snicker's not pitching. He, all he can do is bring in the guys, and these are supposed to be major league guys. They should be able to get a couple of outs at least. But you've got to be smart enough to know how to handle things tactically. And I see people asking online, well, name me a manager that brings in his best guys in the fifth or sixth inning. Gladly. Take a look at Terry Francono. He did that with Andrew Miller for years. Take a look at Kevin Cash, who is the best manager in baseball. He does it all the time with Jose Alvarado and Diego Castillo, and basically all of his relievers, he uses them situationally. The best relievers come in in high-leverage situations. It's not that hard to figure out. The last three outs, we have this weird stigma that they're the hardest to get. It's really not true. The hardest outs to get is the third time through the order or or the most dangerous spot in the game when the opposing team has the best part of their lineup up. That might not be the ninth inning. It might not be the eighth inning. Heck, it might be the sixth inning. If that's the case, you bring in your best guy and you let it go out from there. The hold to me is more important of a stat than a save because a hold is used generally throughout the game. So. Hopefully we can see him get a little bit better at that because there was no excuse for Shasin. Luckily, Alex cut the cord, pulled the ripcord on Shasin immediately after that game uh, as an attempt to snit-proof the bullpen, I guess. Um, with Will Smith coming back, luckily there's not as many guys he can go to to screw things up. I'm a little bit surprised he hadn't. He didn't go to Josh Tomlin in that scenario. Who Josh Tomlin's one of those guys that he should not be a good pitcher. Quite frankly, he shouldn't be successful, yet all he's been as a Brave is successful. I don't understand it. Uh, I always think that he's about to turn back into a pumpkin, but for now he's held off that midnight stroke on the clock there and, and done a very good job. The bullpen as a whole has. I've talked about Tyler Matzik. Uh, Melanson's been kind of fighting around base runners, but he's a guy that gives up contact. That's going to be his game. Once Will Smith comes back, it's going to be a far different look. Hopefully that's when we'll see Snicker start to take to heart a lot of these situational things. Instead of having to be a slave to Green in the 7th, Melanson in the 8th, Smith in the ninth, maybe he'll be more apt to shake it up because you do have a lot of guys who have a lot of good stuff. Uh, as it is so far, we've seen Jackson be the early guy and then you know he, he likes to follow his set stuff, but he's coming around on positions. Hopefully he'll come around on the pitching staff. But speaking of that pitching staff, the young guys, while the starts for Tukey and Wright were, were promising and that they were able to go two times into an order, they're still not getting... They're not getting production that you would feel great if the playoffs started right now. And if the Braves are dedicated to winning 2020 and winning the World Series and being a World Series contender in 2020, you've got to get more out of your 3-5 through five in the rotation. I'm sure Newcomb is going to get another shot. I, d- I disagree with it. I don't think he should. I think Newcomb's had more than enough chances, and it should be Tucker Davidson now, uh, as I think Tucker is the best bet to get that spot and hold down to it for a while. I know Wright's going to remain in the rotation. Tukey pitched well enough to get his next his next turn in the rotation. But we're not looking for pitch well enough to keep that spot. That's good from a development perspective. But if you're talking about being a World Series contender, you need really good starters, not just in the one and two. You need deep starting rotations that you can count on at the back end. And there's not a lot of teams that I think are necessarily going to be shopping players in this season. Trades are going to be weird this season. Uh, but there are two names that you should definitely keep your eye on, both of them members of the Texas Rangers. Mike Miner, as we know as Braves fans. Now, Mike's contract is done after this season. Probably wouldn't cost that much to add him. Uh, I think that that would be the most cost-effective move. But if you're looking for the best guy to add, Lance Lynn, also in that Rangers rotation, is a guy that just eats up 
innings. He throws a lot of pitches. He's not super efficient, but he strikes out a ton of guys. He doesn't look the part. He, he almost looks like a white Bartolo. He just kind of gets wider and wider as the years go on. But he, he throws a lot of innings. He gets a ton of strikeouts, has a good heavy fastball, knows how to pitch well. He's been able to pitch that well in Texas, which has been um, before the new stadium this year opened was a bandbox ballpark. Uh, Arlington was a super home run haven but has done a really, really excellent job. As a matter of fact, really underrated last year. Should have got a lot more love for the Cy Young than he did. Um, he's got two years left on his deal, so you'd get him for 2021 as well. Not making a lot. It's $10 million this year, and I don't know what the pro rate is, but it's $10 million, and then it's $8 million next season, so I would be all in on a Lance Lynn addition to this bullpen. I've liked Lance Lynn for a little bit, but uh, he's a guy that basically anybody could have had for free. He wasn't performing super well, changed a little bit in his delivery and his approach, and it has paid huge dividends. He's always been a guy that can strike people out, but now he's able to strike people out and keep the ball in the yard, which is something that had kind of plagued him a little bit in the past. So uh, be on the lookout for Mike Miner and Lance Lynn. If I had my druthers, it'd be Lance Lynn. But you start looking around at uh, what the Braves have to offer, and I'm sorry to tell this to a lot of Braves fans, but just saying trade Bryce Wilson for one of those guys is not a straight-up deal. Uh, it's going to it's gonna cost a little bit, but it's time for the Braves to start making some of those moves. Um, you're going to have to deal from some position depth, and you're going to have to deal a lot from your pitching depth, but you're going to have to make some of these moves if you're wanting to ensure that you are a World Series contender in the frame of time that the Braves' superstar young players are cheap because they will get a little bit more expensive, specifically Ronald Acuna. You're going to have to re-up Freddie here soon. So right now where the Braves have $75 million coming off the books next season, you're not going to have that a lot longer. You're still going to have to extend Soroka and Freed and Dansby and a lot of these other guys. They're going to start making some money soon. So you got to go ahead and take advantage of the window while you can. I, I would love to see Alex actually make a big move. Um, when he was in Toronto, he was a big wheeler and dealer, made the Troy Tulowitzki deal, made the Josh Donaldson deal, made a lot of big, the David Price deal, a lot of big time deals. Now, a lot of them didn't work out for him, which I've been worried has made him a little bit gun shy. And I'm not convinced that it hasn't because the Braves have had plenty of opportunities. And just speaking with people in the organization, the Braves have had plenty of opportunities that really weren't even reported on. They've had plenty of opportunities to add some marquee pieces and some pieces that it just didn't work out. Uh, when it got down to the very end of it, but they've had plenty of of people wanting their talent. They're wanting a little bit more than Alex is, is willing to spend, which I understand not spending Christian Pache for a number three starter, but you have plenty of, of other guys to where you can make up the loss of Pache in that deal, like to take out Pache and add a couple more qu- quantity over the quality of Pache and still get those deals done. Hopefully we can see that start to happen. That's one of the things on Alex that I'm waiting to see that's kind of the one thing I'm waiting to see before I start calling him a preeminent GM in baseball because until he shows me that he's not afraid to make those big-time moves, that he's not gun-shy, you can't be an elite GM and be gun-shy. So hopefully we'll see that change a little bit with Alex. Hopefully we see him add a guy like a Lance Lynn, which I think would be a perfect addition to the risk rotation. Either way, let's hope the Braves continue to do very well. And don't forget about the development as well. By the way, Cardinals, uh, they can all get bent in the worst fan base in baseball, uh, and their team decides that they're going to go to a casino, which is not many worse places you can go right now. And now there's 13 people of them infected. Between the Cardinals and the Marlins, those two teams alone have accounted for about 95% of the positive tests. So before you start clamoring that baseball needs to shut down, uh, maybe you should point to teams like the Cardinals and the Marlins, who, by the way, there should have been protections in place that if these people broke these rules, you had you, – the for whatever reason, Manfred did not have a mandate in there that said, do not go here. So you're able to get some loophole. Well, it wasn't forbidden. Um, personally, I think that they should have to forfeit every game that they quote unquote postpone. I don't believe in postponing the games. That's why you have the 60 man 
rosters. That's why you have the taxi squad. But uh, either way, the Marlins, the Cardinals, they should be punished. They should be punished with forfeiting of their games, and they should also forfeit their number one overall draft picks. And that's this is a team responsibility. This is a player responsibility. And if they want to finish the season, they need to they need to be adults for two months. Be adults and understand what's at stake. Don't be an idiot for two months. After that two months, after the season, go nuts. Do whatever you want to do. I don't care. But for these next two months, stop being a moron. I want to see this season get finished. Everybody else does as well. They should want to get their money. So stop being an idiot and stop ruining it for the rest of the league. That being said, for the Braves, continue doing what you're doing. We'll see if they can make it six straight and sweep the Mets tonight. If they do, I'm going to be crowing about it again. And what once again, one of the best matchups in the young season with the consecutive Cy Young winner in the NL, Jacob deGrom versus Mike Soroka, an eventual challenger for the Cy Young throne. So thank you, everybody, for listening today. We'll be back again sometime this week, maybe tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, right here on Locked on Braves. Uh-huh.